the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. As we continue our survey of Galatians, we turn our attention to a series on the Holy Spirit. We invite you to join us today as we begin this marvelous journey on the Spirit-filled life on Abounding Grace, next. The Spirit-filled life. What does that look like? What does it even mean? Well, over the course of the next few weeks, we'll spend an extended amount of time here in Galatians chapter 5 taking a look at our series called The Spirit-Filled Life. We invite you to join us as we take a look at what this life is supposed to look like according to God. With today's broadcast of Abounding Grace, here's Pastor Gary Wagner. For several weeks now, we have been in the last half of the book of Galatians. And time and again, in one way or another, we have seen the emphasis that this section of the book makes, a very important emphasis, yet a very fundamental emphasis, and that is, because of Jesus Christ, our life is one of freedom in Him. As unbelievers, we were in bondage to sin and under the curse and condemnation of the law of God. But now Christ has set us free from all of that. Once we were slaves to sin and death and Satan and the fear of death, but now we are liberated children of God. And this new freedom that we have in Christ includes, as we have seen time and again, three basic elements, assurance, deliverance, and empowerment. To be free means to be assured of the love of God for you. It is very difficult to not feel you are restricted. You become easy prey for every wind of doctrine coming and going, and every temptation that comes into your path, unless in your life there is that certainty that assurance that God loves you and Jesus Christ has died for you. Freedom is deliverance from whatever enslaves you. It is freedom from slavery to sin, slavery to Satan, freedom from the evils of this age, the seductions of this present evil world, and freedom is spiritual empowerment to live the kind of life that God would have you live. As people who have been set free from the guilt and tyranny of sin, we now have the Spirit-imparted ability and desire to do whatever we ought to do. Remember, I said, that is the Christian understanding of freedom. (coughs) People mean many things by that word freedom. But what Paul means by the word in the book of Galatians is the spirit-imparted ability and the spirit-imparted desire to do what we ought to do. 
to do what God wants us to do, to do what God has revealed for us to do in the Bible that we could not do in and of ourselves. And this life of freedom is also a spirit-filled life. You hear that phrase a lot. Many people claim to have it, but a lot of people who claim to have a spirit-filled life really don't have a spirit-filled life. So how can you tell? How can you tell if you are filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, let me tell you what tell you some ways by which you cannot tell, but which people think are the sure evidence that a person is filled with the Spirit. The proof that we are filled with the Spirit is not by some inner emotional state. That is, you can't feel the Holy Spirit's presence emotionally. Although this is one that most people today would say is a sign of His presence, you know, we feel happy, we feel warm inside, we, we feel led, we have a sense of relief. But none of these are necessarily evidence that a person is filled with the Holy Spirit. Because you cannot feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life as if the Holy Spirit were a sensual being, making contact with another sensual being. Sensuality is physical, and the Holy Spirit's being and actuality and influence are all spiritual because he works in the heart and in the mind and in the soul through his sanctifying work. To speak of the Holy Spirit as something you can feel or as some being who is sensual and stimulates your senses is pure ancient heresy. It is a practical denial of the spirituality of God, which is not very dissimilar to that denial of God's spirituality by the Mormons. So how do you know you are filled with the Holy Spirit? Not by feeling something. The second thing, the proof that you are filled with the Holy Spirit is not by some ability to do miraculous things, such as healing the sick or speaking in tongues that you have not learned or prophesying, or, or anything like that. And the reason that these miraculous performances are not signs of the filling of the Holy Spirit are several. First of all, these miraculous gifts of the Holy Spirit of God were temporary, and they ceased when the Bible was completed. That's what the Bible actually teaches in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 8 through 10. It says, if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away with. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away, for we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away, will be, will be done away. And the perfect is not the second coming of Christ. That is actually to insert into the text something which there is absolutely no basis for whatsoever. You must take seriously the contrast that is being drawn here. Paul says, Now by means of tongue speaking and a word of knowledge and prophecy, we will know, we will know the will of God partially. But these partial ways by which God reveals His way to us, tongue speaking and miracles will cease. They will come to an end when the perfect comes. 
And the Greek word for perfect means the completed thing. That is, when that process of the revelation of God's will that used tongue-speaking and prophecy and things like that was complete, and God has revealed to us everything He wants us to know about life in the completion of the 66 books of the Bible, then all of these various other things will have ceased. So why is it that performing the miraculous is not proof of being filled with the Holy Spirit. It is because these miraculous gifts of the Spirit stopped when the Bible was completed over 1,900 years ago. Then there is a third reason. While being able to produce miraculous things is not proof that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And that is because the Bible nowhere, nowhere teaches such a thing. And then there's a fourth reason. And that is, Jesus said himself that unbelievers who would go to hell when they die would on occasion be able to do miraculous things. Jesus concluded the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew seven twenty-two and 23 in describing the great judgment day when everyone stands before him and saying, and many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform miracles? And then Jesus said, I will declare to them, I never knew you. You never belonged to me. I never set my affections upon you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. These are the final words that the Lord Jesus Christ will say to those who brag about performing miraculous deeds, but whose lives have not been lived in submission to the Lord Jesus Christ. So then, if you can't tell that you have the Holy Spirit by how you feel, and if you can't tell you have the Holy Spirit simply because you are able to produce what you think are miraculous things, how can you tell whether or not you are filled with the Holy Spirit? In fact, is it even possible to know for sure that you are filled with the Holy Spirit? And the answer to that question is most certainly yes. The Bible says that believers in Jesus can know the certainty that the Holy Spirit of God lives within them because believers in Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit will live lives and enjoy living lives on a higher ethical plane than the rest of the world. You hear people talk about the baptism of the Spirit, it being filled with the Spirit, an extra filling as a second blessing that takes place after conversion, sometime in the Christian, in which he moves into a higher spiritual dimension at that point and a higher ethical dimension. Well, that's somewhat true. That's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. But they've got the chronology wrong. You are filled with the Holy Spirit... The moment the Holy Spirit makes a Christian out of you at the very beginning of your new birth. You are baptized into the body of Christ when your heart is changed and you are made a believer by the Spirit of Christ. Right then and there. 
The Holy Spirit of God fills you with His presence. And when He fills you with His presence, starting that moment, He moves you into a higher ethical plane than anyone else in the world can live. And if you are not living on this higher ethical plane, being more righteous and more loving than other people, being morally superior to your unchristian neighbors, then you are not filled, filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you are not filled with the Holy Spirit, you are none of His. So now let's look specifically at what this higher ethical plane entails, which every Christian has. And basically in our text, it entails three things. It manifests itself in three ways to you and through you to other people. First of all, if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you are morally superior to other people. That doesn't mean you put yourself above them because that's all of Christ. But you live on a higher ethical plane. And you are then conscious and sensitive to an eternal conflict that is raging in your heart. You're going to experience in your own life a war between the remnants of that old sinful life that you used to lead, that old sinful nature, those old sinful habits and tendencies and impulses as the Holy Spirit brings the new life into your heart. Once you become a Christian, you will never be the same again. And one of the greatest blessings of being a Christian is having a war rage in your heart. That's one of the ways you know that you have the Holy Spirit is that the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit strives against the flesh. We don't fully appreciate that verbiage, particular from the King James Version, because lust is basically, it basically seems like a sexual word. But it is actually an old word that means some strong desire and emotion that consumes you, whatever it may be. Maybe the worship of idols, the worship of money, the worship of self, the worship of sex. But that is what you live for. That's the driving impulse and desire of your heart. Well, the Bible says that everything that is left of what you were in your fallen state, lusts against the Spirit, works against everything that God is trying to do in your life. And when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, He lusts against the flesh. Everything you were, every remnant of your fallenness, He hates, and He works against it to destroy everything that it is. That is one of the ways you can tell whether or not you are filled with the Spirit. You are conscious of this eternal and internal conflict. Second, you will be enabled by the Holy Spirit to keep from being dominated and controlled by those sinful lusts. Or you'll still be a sinner, but you will no longer be the slave to sin that you once were. The Holy Spirit has broken sin's hold upon you. And the Holy Spirit has enabled you to keep from sinning so much. The Holy Spirit has come into our lives and He is greater than any of the powers of evil. 
And as long as the Holy Spirit is in our lives, He will not let sin control us or dominate us and enslave us as it once did before we were Christians. And of course, once you become a Christian and the Holy Spirit is in you, He will never leave you, beloved. And the third is, if you are filled with the Spirit, you will be enabled by the Spirit to produce the fruit of the Spirit in your life. What is the fruit of the Spirit? There are those virtues that God takes right out of the humanity of Jesus, plants them in your life, cultivates them, causing them to grow and manifest themselves. It's a, a Christ-likeness. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, those are the three ways a spirit-filled life manifests itself. Three certain signs that you are filled with the Holy Spirit to keep you from sinning so much and from being dominated by sin like the unbeliever is dominated by it. And you are enabled by the Holy Spirit to manifest, though not perfectly in this life, a Christ-likeness. Virtues that characterize Christ Himself come to characterize your own life. In other words, God would call you, cause your life in Christ, filled with the Spirit, to blossom and to be faithful while He causes the hardened unbeliever to shrivel and die. I use that imagery because that is the image Scripture uses to compare the two kinds of lives. So let's look at a couple of passages in Psalm, Psalm 1 and Psalm 92. The Spirit-filled life is a life-blossoming, blooming faithfulness. The life of the non-Spirit-filled life, that is the unbeliever's life, is a life that continues to shrivel up. There's no fruit in life. And it becomes like death. Psalm 1. Notice the imagery here. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the scene of, uh, seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in its season. And its leaves do does and his leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. You see, in this great imagery, the person who was godly seeks to bring his life into conformity to the Word of God by the power of the Holy Spirit because he has written God's law upon the believer's heart and he is a person like a tree by rivers of water and that tree is blooming and bearing fruit and is full of life. Whereas the person that is living in rebellion against God is like the chaff that God just blows away. Look at Psalm 92. We'll begin with verse 5. And we'll read to verse 15. Psalm 92, verse 5. How great are your works, O Lord! Your thoughts are very deep. 
A senseless man has no knowledge, nor does a stupid man understand this, that when the wicked sprouted up like grass and all who did iniquity flourished, it was only that they might be destroyed forever. But you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies will perish. All who do iniquity will be scattered, but you have exalted my, my horn, or, which means my strength. Like that of the wild ox, I have been anointed with fresh oil, and my eyes has looked, my eye has looked exultantly upon my foes. My ears hear of the evildoers who rise up against me. The righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still yield fruit in old age. They they shall be full of sap and every green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Verses 10 through 15 describe the spirit-filled life. The only person who can blossom and be productive, beloved, and are full of life and vitality even in their old age, even when physical strength has waned, are those who are filled with the Holy Spirit of God. He causes them to blossom and to bear fruit. And everyone else, he causes to dry up and blow away. So the Spirit-filled life is a blossoming. It is a fruitful, vigorous life. Now let's go to our text and look a little more carefully, looking at some of those things we just summarized our text again in Galatians 5 verses 16 through 25 it can easily be broken down into two sections verses 16 through 23 describe the reality of this conflict within the life of the believer and then in verses 24 and 25 we are shown the way of victory in the conflict within the believer let's look at First of all, at these verses 16 through 23, these verses describe again something of the eternal warfare that goes on within the believer. Verses 16 through 23 of Galatians 5. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire or lusts, against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh for these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law now the deeds of the flesh are evident which are immorality impurity sensuality idolatry sorcery enmities or hatred Strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things. There is no law. It can easily be broken down into these two sections. So 
let's describe two opposing parties of each other's, at each other's throats, as it were, dedicated toward destroying the other. The two combatants in this battle that is going on with the spirit-filled Christian are, to use Paul's words, the flesh and the spirit. First of all, notice that there is no dichotomy here implied between the physical and the spiritual, between some lower appetites and higher appetites or animal appetites versus godly appetites. It's not setting the flesh, meaning skin and bone, over against the spirit, that is the intangible, invisible part of a person, as if there is something mean and lowly and dirty about the flesh and our material, physical being, as if it is only the spiritual aspect of a person that is pure and holy and godly. Well, this has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. As we have closed out our time together today, I would remind you that our desire is to know how this program encourages you in Christ. Now, there are a couple of three ways that you can contact us to provide us with this information. And again, it would really encourage us a great deal if you'd take a moment and let us know how the program is encouraging you in your walk and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's how to contact us. Phone number is 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. Our website, where you can drop us an email and even learn a bit more about us, is reformedheritage.org. And then, of course, you can write to us at PMB, that stands for Post Mailbox, number 402-1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California. The zip code is 95032. Now, there is another way you can contact us, and this would be the best of all, especially if you're not involved in a church at this time. Plan on visiting. Let us uh, fellowship face-to-face, as it were. We meet at Lone Hill Church, 2 in the afternoon on Sundays at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org, or by calling 408-866-5607. By the way, copies of the broadcast are just $5. Mention today's date when you contact us, and we'll get a CD out to you right away. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.